0: With another episode of Jar Takes. As always, Ryan and I. And Ryan, we uh, soundly, well, not soundly, Gino almost blew it, but we <laughs> looked great in the beginning and uh, we finished the Browns off uh, by the end of it. What would you think of the game?
1: It was kind of just like it started off as exactly what we all could have hoped for. You know, offense came out firing.
0: It seemed like this was the game where both sides of the ball. Yeah. Just do everything Because the
1: game opens up, and we cause a three and out like immediately, and the Browns look hopeless. Mm -hmm. And then um, what I was worried about was their defense stonewalling us, because they have, in a lot of uh, objective measures, the best defense in the NFL. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we move the ball with no problem against them, and then we finish in the red zone, both of our first two drives. Uh, then the game gets a little tighter, it's 17 to 7, but then we get in an interception. Uh, Woolen gets his first pick of the year, I believe, and uh, you're thinking, yeah, we got a chance to kind of like put them away at halftime, make this a 24 to 7 game. And uh, next thing you know, we're down 20 to 17 and we're just thinking, how the fuck did this happen? The-, the Browns forced a couple turnovers. We still won the turnover battle. Um, it was a weird game. It was a weird one.
0: It seemed like it was a game where we, it was like us shooting ourselves in the foot and the Browns. I mean, the Browns played good, but we were up 14 0 early on and we seemed like we let off the gas pedal or it seemed like Geno was just being careless with the football. And and,
1: uh, on that same note, I feel like Shane Waldron bears some of the blame here too because our uh, distribution between our run play selection and our pass play selection was super unbalanced in this game when I felt like it didn't need to be at all. Like, we were up, and we were still throwing it, like, 90% of the time, and whenever we handed it off to Kenneth Walker or Charbonnet, they did great. They averaged six yards per carry in this game, I believe, but it might have even been more than that, actually, so I just, I didn't really get that.
0: Yeah, I didn't really get the game plan either, because you, I mean, Pete Carroll loves to run the ball, and... He preaches it, and we're not doing it. So it's kind of weird that it's what he's preaching is not the philosophy we're living by currently. Uh, and that's not the same in the past. Obviously, we're a run-first team with Pete. Um, but, yeah, it was a little strange. I agree with you. Even uh, in post game with uh, Walter Jones and uh, Kelly, whatever the hell his name is on Como5, they had some <laughs> other guy on here and on the show, and he even was saying, like, all right, well, Pete says he loves to run the ball, but we're not running the ball, so. Yeah, and I mean, it's weird. I'm fine
1: with us passing more than we run. I mm-hmm. think in the modern NFL, that's what you should be doing unless the weather does not permit that strategy. <clears throat> and we have the personnel to do it. Um, the only thing that's been holding us back from really unleashing the three wide receiver set the way I think it can be eventually is the offensive line injuries. But um, I think... To kind of echo on something you said earlier this podcast season, the offensive line might be the MVP of this game we just had, like the entire offensive line. Charles Cross was put one-on-one against Miles Garrett several times, as was 41-year-old Jason Peters. And you know what? Stone Forsyth at right tackle, he's been holding up great. He was the highest graded run blocker in the entire NFL this week wow against I'm, one of the best run defenses you're gonna see all season so uh they only got to Gino once you're not gonna you know shut out miles Garrett an entire game I'm just look at him yeah like, wh- wh- when the camera zooms in on miles Garrett you're just like <laughs> That is not a normal human being. Well, that is real quick
0: before we go on to that, uh, I just want to say like it's funny how now that we're not running the ball after our addition of JSN and like having all these receivers, we're like, why aren't we running the ball? But, like when we got <laughs> JSN, we were like, oh my god, we're gonna pass more finally. Uh, DK and all of them are gonna get a thousand yards receiving, but it's like that's not this is not what we do. And when we don't do it, it's like okay, like why aren't we doing it? Like and. It's just funny like how everyone wants to pass the ball, everyone wants to have a uh an an Aaron Rodgers type of a quarterback, but really like is that what wins you games? And we yeah. saw this past Sunday Geno trying to throw the ball all over the place is like that's not going to win us a game. That's not going to win us a, a majority of our games. Uh, we got lucky because our defense bailed him out and they've been bailing him out, but I don't Which know. It's funny cuz
1: you go back a few weeks and it was the offense that was bailing the defense out. The script has totally flipped ever since. Can we just have tournament.
0: a balance where it's just everything meshes?
1: I, I think like I look, I don't want to spend a ton of time talking about the officials, but we need to talk about them cuz they were fucking terrible in this game. <laughs> they absolutely gifted the Browns a touchdown with that fourth down play where Tariq got called for just playing corner. Yeah. And breaking up. Like, that was one of the worst PI calls I've seen in several years, given the situation. Sure. And there, it just seemed like every time we stopped them on third down or we made a big play, there was a penalty. And then they show the replay, and it's like, man, that's ticky tacky. Like, I, you see a whole lot more than that not get called often. So, mm-hmm. it's, it's it, and again, to your point, that is us shooting ourselves in the foot. Um, but I think in a in a game that isn't so tightly called a lot of that stuff doesn't happen and we probably win this game by two scores because the fact that we were able to win it all with having a whole like 16 minutes fewer time of possession than the Browns I mean we were our defense must have been gassed by the end of this one because they were on the field almost two-thirds of the game
0: well again that could be solved, I feel like, with running the ball more. That yeah. changes a lot of the time of possession look at the end of the game. Yeah, we so. have
1: – and, like, a, a thing that's frustrating me about our offense and specifically Waldron at this point, and Gino, you know, bears some of the blame here too, but uh, ultimately you got to call to the, you know, what kind of game – it's turning out to be, you know, mm-hmm. like if, if, if an aspect of your game plan isn't working, you've got to adjust. And I feel like Waldron's been really strong at coming out of the gate hot. And then sometimes he doesn't really adjust to the gra- the game script, you know, mm-hmm. He'll, like stubbornly keep doing something that's not working. And <laughs> that's There's a been, good like strings of like think back to week one against the Rams. Mm-hmm. Whole second half we had like two first downs or something. And then. I guess we moved the, wall, the ball quite well against the Bengals. We just didn't finish drives. Mm-hmm. And then this week again, from like midway through quarter two to midway through the fourth quarter, we got like two first downs again that whole time. That's unacceptable. You Like, you don't have to score on every drive, but you have to move the fucking ball. If you're going three and out that often, that's just a recipe for losing every game.
0: Well, you saw what happened to the down in Las Vegas this morning, didn't you? josh mcdaniels is no longer the head coach oh yeah and that to me was the based on the performance on monday that game was pathetic uh,
1: yeah i turned it off it was so boring and
0: i <laughs> think uh jimmy g got benched like for this week yeah which aiden
1: o'connell's gonna be starting the rest of the season according to their interim head coach and
0: i don't understand why they wouldn't trade Devontae. Uh, anyway i just it's a yeah. disaster over different there.
1: team glad it's not our team but you know Head coach got fired. Yeah, yeah and morning. their GM. Whoa. Yeah, and Jimmy G got benched. It was like a triple beheading so, overnight. <laughs> so, uh, who's going to be the interim? I don't even know his name. Is it just the- Not
0: sure. I he- I heard it was someone they brought in that is like very well liked across the huh. NFL. I don't know, but
1: I I don't know fire. much about him. Oh, but yeah, that that organization since I started watching has just been mistake after mistake. And, but uh, back to the Seahawks, you know, it, it was a frustrating game, one of the more frustrating games, but the ending was fantastic. And Gino pulled off the game-winning drive against an elite <clears league throat> defense that we have kind of yet to see him do, as you are saying. So I still believe in the guy, but I, I am getting sick of the turnovers and the mistakes. It's I, not like he's throwing like four picks a game, but... It, He's thrown five interceptions in the last three games. That's not a sustainable pace, and he's got to clean that up. It's also
0: just not the way that quarterback is played anymore. Like, you don't have guys throwing fucking 20 to 25 interceptions a year like you did 20 years ago or 10 years ago even.
1: The thing is, interceptions are way up this year if you look around the league. I want to say I think defensive coordinators are starting to – Catch up to the offensive revolution that's been going on the last decade or so because mm-hmm. passer rating is way down, scoring is way down, uh, interceptions are way up right now. Guess which quarterbacks are leading the league in interceptions? You will probably not believe. I know it
0: Jalen Hurts has a bunch up there, Jalen Hurts, there?
1: Patrick Mahomes, and Josh Allen are all tied for leading the league in interceptions. And if you place them in some order of the top three quarterbacks in the league over the summer, everyone would be like, Yeah, that's reasonable. Like, maybe throw Joe Burrow in there, too. But you, you see what I'm saying? Like, a lot of quarterbacks—I'm not making excuses for Gino, I'm just saying there there's something going on here that's—it's a league-wide thing. Um, but we got to figure it out because you—it's—we don't have the ability to win games when we're turning the ball over two or more times a game. And every—yeah, every single game, that's just— yeah, it just—it can't happen anymore.
0: Well, and I think that's what my point was, is that you can't just keep go- doing this game in and game out. Eventually, it's going to catch up to you. And uh, not to mention, like, teams are studying film to stop your strengths and expose your weaknesses. So if Gino is just going to keep weak in and week out, like, the defense isn't always going to be there, bro. Like, they're not always going to be there to bail your ass out when you fuck up. And I, I understand— he, i mean he's not playing bad i mean he's not playing terrible i guess i should say no. but he's not like i look at what he did last year and i look at what he's doing right now and i'm like this doesn't really seem like the sort of the type of player that's elevating everyone around him so yeah to
1: speak. and he was last year he was elevating the rest of our right. team last year he was playing phenomenal for a good stretch of the season and you know, we have a whole new shiny weapon in JSN that is finally getting utilized mm-hmm. better and yeah. properly. Yeah. Um, so uh, there's a lot of – there's so many positive signs with this team. And so many things are trending upward. I got to think at some point um, Gino's going to turn it back on. Because one thing in his favor also, or I guess just in his defense, is he's been facing a ton of pressure. Like top ten in the league most pressured. In the ever since I guess in, including week one mm-hmm. because the season started offensive line is destroyed and yeah. we've been dealing with that ever since then so um it's important to remind ourselves though we are five and two we are at the top of the NFC West we beat the number two seed currently in the NFC in the Detroit Lions the Eagles lost to the Jets they don't look superhuman. They've had a tough time with the Commanders twice. The 49ers have dropped three in a row. Uh, I don't think a lot of people saw that coming. So um, all of the frustrations of this season aside, it's important to recognize like we are right in this thing, and we should go for it right now. And the Seahawks organization, I believe, recognized that and made a move mm-hmm. this week getting Leonard Williams from the New York Giants. What do you think of that?
0: Uh, I I really like the move. Um, obviously, when Uchenna goes down, you need to bring in pieces that are going to fill that void. And I think a guy in Frank Clark that knows the defense, well, knows the staff and knows the and and a guy like Leonard Williams, who his resume speaks for itself. I mean, the guy's a pro bowler. Yeah, and he's a top been... five pick, I believe,
1: <clears throat> back in. It was a while back. He's a yeah. 29-year-old, but it's funny because I'm like, i'm
0: twenty nine <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but, uh, no, I love the move, and I mean, it it to me, uh, going all in for this season and this season alone, uh, it gives me confidence that, hey, maybe we can make it to the NFC championship and even the Super Bowl and quite frankly, damn near win it. So
1: yeah, we I think we truly do have the pieces. The biggest weaknesses on our team are the offensive line. When we have these injuries, but I think when it's healthy, it's a strength of the team. Mm-hmm. It just has been inconsistent. But it's like, yeah, you look at the offense, we have arguably the strongest three receiver set in the league, one of the best tight end rooms in the league. Yeah. Gino, when he's hot, is a top 10 quarterback. And then on the defense, which I thought was going to be the weakness, uh, we are still the best run defense in the NFC. We have really gotten better against the pass. We have an emerging superstar in Devin Witherspoon. And then on the other side, we have who a guy who maybe should have won Defensive Rookie of the Year last year. And then when we're in nickel, Trey, ba- Trey Brown has been playing phenomenally at left corner. We have mm-hmm. Jamal Adams. Like The pieces are there. Bobby Wagner is the number one graded run defender by PFF in the entire league this year. So it's not just us being homers trying to convince ourselves that we got a chance at this thing. Like We, we do have a good team. It just hasn't been all put together for four quarters in a game yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I I think the trade, like we gave up a lot. A second-round pick is a lot. But it's important to remember that the second-round picks we've made the last two off-seasons have been really high second round picks
0: it's also important to remember that we traded that second round pick in order for them to eat all of his contract yeah. basically so yeah it's not just we traded a second round pick there is merit to like and there are basically circumstances that have to be taken into account that aren't initially there yeah but we're see, paying oh, we traded
1: for him nec- he's basically free financially this season for us and that's only the only $600, way 600000 dollars Yeah, spread over 10 games, so 60k they a game. Ate, the Giants ate. I was just looking at the trade. They ate 10 million. Yeah. And that's <laughs> so, that's why we had to give up the second and yeah. the 49ers did a similar thing with the Commanders which I don't get from the Commanders perspective at all, only giving up a third for Chase Young <clears> if you're going to take all the money too, but
0: Yeah, that's weird. I there must be some I'm wondering if there's like some sort of a lingering injury there. The the guys had a ton
1: of injuries, and I don't know. Like he's a younger player, and he's—I think he's still kind of living off of the hype of being the number two overall pick three years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, I did. I was interested in us going after him, but uh, I think Leonard Williams is a more complete player, and he's gonna make everyone else on that line have an easier time because Mm -hmm. you can't double team all of them, and he's a guy that can beat double teams. So. I think it's the type of move that puts us in that 49er-Eagle, I guess, Lions category of the conference where we really got a chance at this. And we got a big chance to show that we are in that tier this weekend against the Ravens because I think if you look up and down at our schedule, this might be the biggest challenge of the entire season.
0: Yeah, I would agree with you. We always, I feel like we always have a tough time against... Uh, road AFC or teams on the road against the AFC who they're not they've just made a name for themselves, their reputation wise, they are just recognized as a good team. Like, you remember in 2013 when we played the Colts on the road and they had Andrew Luck, and we yeah. just lost that game because that was a tough game to win. Um, yeah, Andrew I, Luck kind
1: of carved us up that game. I remember well,
0: this game kind of is reminding me of that sort of like, all right, we're going on the road, we're playing Lamar Jackson, who he's he he knows what's going what's going on at the quarterback position now i mean it's what his fifth fifth year sixth year yeah fifth uh, year. in the that's league that's crazy so time i flies yeah it's like and lamar lamar has beaten us before i think we've only played him once haven't yeah we? i was at that game yeah yeah it was
1: yeah, I when's the last time we, uh, it was yeah. 2019 and i remember watching that game and just thinking like why? Why do KJ Wright and Bobby Wagner look so slow trying to chase this guy? Because at that point, I, I wasn't really a, a Lamar believer, mm-hmm. but he ran all fucking over us. It That's looked. It I looked. Remember. It literally looked hopeless trying to stop him in that yeah, game. Yeah, I remember and, that like too. Game, the guy won MVP that year. Yeah, hey, at least he's four years older from because 2019. That was kind of his apex of like. Yeah, he's, he's still only like 26, man. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's still got quite yeah, a bit of athleticism. He's like he was uh, like four years ago? He's probably like 95% of it, I would yeah. say. I would say, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's not really lost a step in that time span. Well, and be a test for our defense. It is, and the thing is, we've done an excellent job against the run this year. Uh, we allow the fewest yards per carry in the league to running backs, but we allow the 31st fewest so i guess the second most yards to quarterbacks running this season and part of that is because like we've been in a lot of situations on defense where we're dropping everyone back to coverage on like a third down mm-hmm. the defensive line doesn't get to them and then the quarterback just runs for like eight to ten yards it happened a bunch against the browns last weekend daniel jones did it to us like nine times it was the only thing the giants did mm-hmm. but um uh, it has been a problem for us, and we're, we're going against the biggest problem you'll ever see in the NFL uh, going up against a, a running dual-threat quarterback. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be tough, and their defense is just about tops in the league in every st- statistical category. But to get back to what you were saying earlier, the one thing their defense isn't quite as elite at, because I think they allow the fewest yards per attempt passing – Uh, they're not that highly ranked in run defense. They're not bad, but they allow over four yards per carry. Mm -hmm. So what I want to see in this game, I want some Chardonnay action. Mm -hmm. I'm thirsty. I need a whole, whole glass of (laughs) Chardonnay.
0: Yeah, I need a whole bottle of Chardonnay. Yeah. All right, top top shelf, top shelf hundred dollar bottle of Chardonnay. uh, A Chardonnay.
1: I'll take five. Oh fuck.
0: Five bottles. (laughs)
1: <laughs> all right uh yeah it's, it's what we're gonna need because i think our way to winning this game is we don't have gino throw the ball 40 fucking times we have him throw it like 22 times mm-hmm. and we use our three tight ends often early and often and we pound the rock against them and it might not work right away Um, defense has got to limit the amount of touchdowns we allow early. Because if we get behind like 14, 10 to nothing early, it could be very, very hard, almost impossible to win this game. But if we can just get out of halftime with it being like a three-point game Mm -hmm. and then uh, just kind of start to chip away at the fatigue of the defense with the running game, I think we have a chance to win this game if we keep it – low scoring, and kind of do a ball control offense. But I, th- I think if we try to throw it all over the yard, which is the strength of this team's defense that we're playing against, we could lose by two or three scores. It, it could get ugly really quick. <clears throat> Look what happened to the Lions when they played the Ravens.
0: Yeah, and I certainly don't trust their defense to not take opportunities of Geno's mistakes. Like, they will intercept Geno, and we mm. will lose and because we lose the turnover margin. And... Gino has to play a clean... He needs to be a game manager. I was right just going to say, he needs to be efficient. He needs to be a, an efficient game manager. Yeah. That's what we need from him, because we don't need... We've never needed him to throw the ball 40 times. Never. I don't care how many weapon- we were playing the Lions last year, we needed him to throw the ball 40 Okay, times. well, <laughs> the Lions are a very special exception. Yeah. They are uh, high-powered offense with a very mid-tier defense. Um, but... I I do think you know, like you said, the key to this game is going to be Ken Walker and Zach Charbonnet, mm-hmm. and and maybe even a little Kenny McIntosh.
1: He's he's full go. Did he at play at
0: all last week?
1: No, they ruled him out on like Thursday for inexplicable reasons because I hmm. think he's fully healthy. Um, I I think it was part of it was just roster management because you mm-hmm. know they always gotta. Keep 53, and then also keep in mind the practice squad, and then you can only have X amount of players active on game day. So I, I think he could have played last week. Um, but I would like to see him get into some live game action and maybe get a few carries. If it's if it doesn't call for it, then so be it. But I'm just anxious to see the guy, because he looked really good in the offseason before he got injured.
0: Yeah. Um. Sorry about that. <laughs> Um, so predictions for the game as far as are you thinking dub L I realistically, I think we go in and we don't win this game.
1: I feel like we're going to lose this game by 10 points. Think so? Yeah. But here's how we could win. Well, I guess the how is the way I just described earlier, but I think if we do win, we win like 23 to 21 or like 24 to 26 something like that something in that range i think if we let the score get too far past 20 uh on the ravens end we we don't really have much of a chance because i don't think this is going to turn into a shootout i think Mm -hmm. the ravens defense is too good for it to to end up that way so um yeah we gotta play ball control that's we we have to play ball control and not turn the ball over at all and get a little luck because I, I think we have a better chance of sweeping the 49ers than we do winning this game, to, to be totally honest with you.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, if we are going to win this game, it has to be the game plan in which I set forth and you set forth, and that is, like we just said, running the ball and managing the game and being smart with the football. You can't just be throwing it all over the field and not expect. Like, the amount of times that Gino has almost thrown a pick six this year dude come on
1: (laughs) yeah i feel like there have been a lot of dropped interceptions like it it could be last game there was that so the dropped almost pick six you're talking about that was on jsn he stopped his route when he was not. yeah i
0: i heard them say that and i don't know I'm just. It's just what happened. <laughs> he's he still. He's still a rookie. Yeah. Well, I. But now. Gino's also throwing five picks in the past two games. So yeah, I'm not I'm excusing that. I'm not that. just gonna like be an apologist for Gino over here.
1: No, if Gino played just like 10 better against the Bengals, we're a six and one team right now, and that's that's a fact. But <laughs> to here's 10%, the thing. 10.
0: That's the exact number that we need to play at.
1: Uh yes. Just checked with the analytics boys. Oh, Austin they Wilson. Me. He told you that. Yep. Look it up. It's on the He's spreadsheet. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Moving on. Um, I will say though, I didn't give us really any chance to beat the Lions in Week Two, and came into the game just like, all right, let's get this loss over with, and we won. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's the attitude we should have going into this one. Just expect the worst, hope for the best.
0: All the guys are like, all right, let's just get this loss over with. <laughs>
1: All right, bring it in. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, that's that's basically all, all I got for this one. I know we kind of went at a fast pace for this for this podcast, but uh, it's been a fast-paced week, a lot of news happening, and I'm, I'm anxious to see how this one goes.
0: Yeah, um, I don't know if I gave my final score, but I think we lose, um, I'm going to say 31-21. That would
1: be rough. But I mean, I wouldn't be surprised, to be honest.
0: I think it's going to be a lot of Lamar Jackson just Running. eating up the field and just making us be like, Are you kidding me?
1: The only way we win is if we make Lamar commit two turnovers. That's my prediction. If we do that and we
0: run the ball, we have a chance.
1: And yeah. Gino not throwing any interceptions, we win the game. Yes.
0: Hopefully this isn't like a, oh, Gino doesn't throw any fum- interceptions, but he fumbles the ball a couple times. <laughs> <laughs> at least that would be different. He
1: secures it because he gets sacked, but he doesn't fumble it, does he? Really? I don't think he – has he fumbled it at all this year? I don't know if he has. I don't think he has. No. He holds on. I mean, that's one – It was an issue his first, like, couple games, year and I, a half of playing. Cause, like, you think back to the Steelers game and uh, against the um, – was it the Chiefs? I think it was the Chiefs last year. He, he had a rough fumble in the, in mm-hmm. the red zone. But yeah. um, it hasn't been an issue this year. It's just the there's been, like, one head-scratching scrap, scratching interception per game, or almost interception. Mm. Last week, two weeks ago, against the Cardinals, you remember there was a play over the middle where he just did not see the safety at all. Mm-hmm. So it's got to stop. <laughs> it, yeah. It has to stop. But, um... Yeah, I'm still. I'm feeling very positive about this season. I feel like this was maybe a bit more negative of a podcast than I wanted it to be, considering where we are. But I think, uh, I think
0: things are looking up. Yeah, I agree. Well, that's pretty much it. All I got for this one. But um, thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you on the next one.
1: Yep. Thanks for listening.